children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Join With stories and songs just for kids We have a dramatized Bible story coming up So let's get today's program started By singing praises to our awesome God idea? Let's play a guessing game. I'll sing some clues about an animal, and you see if you can guess what animal I'm singing about. Dance through the air I land on flowers My lunch is there 
just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing story from the Bible and Living Sound. Journeying even in a cart isn't as easy as it was when we were younger. I wouldn't mind getting old, Zacharias, if only we had a son or even a daughter. Well, why dwell upon that, my dear? We are childless, and at our age we might as well give up hope of ever having children. But we've prayed without end for a child. Why hasn't God answered our prayers? He has, Elizabeth, my wife. His answer is no. By the way, are you going to stay in Jerusalem the entire week or go back home to the hill country? Go home and miss the greatest honor my husband ever had? I should say not. Well, it is an honor to be chosen to officiate at the golden altar of incense. There are so many priests... But some never get to perform this service. It is a once-in-a-lifetime honor. And you deserve the honor, Zacharias. You're one of the few priests who seriously study scripture for the truths of a coming Messiah. You worship God from love, not for show. You obey him because you know to obey is better than sacrifice. You believe in God. You reverence and honor him. God honors those who honor him. Greetings. Oh, salutations. Uh, haven't I seen you before? Probably. My husband is the officiating priest. Priest Zacharias? Your husband? Yes, ma'am. Well, glad to meet you. Yeah. I think Zacharias is one of the most sincere and finest priests we have. Thank you. May I... May I ask you a question? It's something I've long wanted to know. Well, most certainly you may. Well, the golden altar of incense. It's in the holy place, isn't it? Over against the most holy place? Just exactly what happens there during this and other ceremonies? Well, the priest chosen to officiate. It's my husband this term. He chooses two assistants. One removes the old coals from the altar, while the other one places new and live coals from the altar of burnt offering upon the golden altar. Oh. The two assistants withdraw... And the officiating priest then arranges the incense upon the coals. And as he does, he offers prayers and makes intercession. We have heard with our ears, O God, what great deliverance thou didst make in days of old. Thou art our king. In thee we boast all the day long and, and praise thy name forever. Now hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. We are sinners, O Lord, so send us, I pray thee, the promised Messiah, that thy people may be cleansed and the earth redeemed from the power of the evil one. O God, thou art our... Uh, who, who are you? Know ye not that this is the holy place and... Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife, Elizabeth, shall bear thee a son... And thou shalt call his name John. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, 
and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall go before the Messiah in the power of Elias, to make ready a people to accept the Prince of Peace. But how could this be true? I am an old man, and my wife is also well stricken in years. I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Is not your husband taking an unusual long time to burn the incense? Maybe he is not worthy and God struck him. No, no, he, he is tarrying. I wonder, surely... There he is, coming out now. Oh. And his face, his face, look at it. It shines as if he'd been in the presence of holy beings. Yes. He's motioning with his hands. He is trying to... I think he is trying to tell us he can't speak. He, he can't speak. Oh, Zacharias, it's true. It's true. We are going to have a child. Oh, I realize you can't talk, Zacharias, and, and say how happy you are, but, but you are. I can tell by the look in your eyes and the expression on your face. Oh, Zacharias, nothing is impossible with God. Just 12 more weeks, Zacharias, and we shall have a son. Oh, we shall be great and filled with the Holy Spirit. We must teach him the ways of... Well, you're pointing out the door. Oh, I see someone's coming. I'll go outside and see who it is. Elizabeth. Mary. Oh, it's so nice to see you. It's been so long. Elizabeth, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> Zacharias and I have been praying for years for a child. God heard our prayers, Mary. The angel Gabriel appeared unto Zacharias with the glad tidings. The angel Gabriel? He appeared to me, too, and said I would have a son. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is he that shall be born unto thee. Oh, I am honored and blessed and made humble, that you, Mary, the mother of the Prince of Peace, should come unto me. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And when the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth was eight days old, they administered the rite of circumcision, with many friends and neighbors in attendance. They agreed among themselves that the child should be named Zacharias after his father. No, his name shall be John. John? There's no one in your family named John. The child should be named for his father, or at least for some uncle or... Zacharias is motioning. He wants a writing tablet. Here you are, dear. His name is John. John. 
Immediately, Zacharias could speak once more, and there was much rejoicing. About this time, or shortly before, Mary returned to Nazareth. Some time later, Mary said unto Joseph, Joseph, I... I am with child. What? I'm going to have a son. You don't know what you're saying, Mary. Such a thing is impossible. No, Joseph, it is true. The angel Gabriel... No, don't tell me. Don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear it. Only one thing. Are you sure you're, you're going to have a baby? Yes. You realize, of course, that under the circumstances, I, well, I can't marry you. People would talk, and because I do love you and do not wish to make a public example of you, I will break off our engagement privately. But, Joseph, I love you, and I... I'll see you later. Mary, Mary, I'm so sorry for the way I acted last night and, and the things I said. I was wrong, completely wrong. Last night I had a dream. An angel appeared and said, I think these are his very words, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for her conception is by the Holy Spirit, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Mary, please, can you forgive me? Gladly, Joseph. Just think, Mary, my dear. You are to be the mother of the Son of God, he who was sent to save the people from their sins and from the Roman oppression. Jesus, what a wonderful name, what a wonderful mission, to save mankind from their sins. Jesus, Jesus, precious, wonderful Jesus. No wonder the prophet Isaiah said that his name shall be called Wonderful. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Nico, why are you sitting under this tree looking like you don't have a friend in this whole world? <sighs> because I don't have a friend in this whole world. What about Alita? Isn't she your friend? She used to be, and now she thinks she's in love with Carl and doesn't have time for me. What about Caitlin? I've seen you guys hanging out. We're not speaking. Long story. Dana? You once said that Dana was the perfect friend. I was wrong. So you're just going to sit here being depressed? That's my plan. Rico, being depressed isn't good for you. It makes you sit under trees and sigh all day long. You stop doing stuff, which means you don't get any exercise. You start eating junk food like ice cream and donuts, which make you fat. You start getting bad grades in school. And soon, you're a little old, fat, grouchy lady living in a cabin in the woods talking to raccoons. Sounds good to me. Come on, stop being depressed. How? Well, first of all, let's go for a walk. That'll get your blood flowing, and that'll take the oxygen to your brain and make you feel better. Then we'll stop by Habib's Market and buy some mangoes. You love mangoes. Then we'll pass by Dana's house and throw a brick through her window. <laughs> Sam, you really know how to cheer me up. You're a pretty good friend. Hey, I thought you didn't have any friends in this whole world. I was wrong. I've got you. And don't you forget it, girl. By the way, do you have any money? Mr. Habib doesn't give mangoes away, you know. I have to buy my own mango? Hey, it's your depression. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 3, Trouble at the Lighthouse. Yo-yo, Mrs. Vargas asked, please help me put this tablecloth on the picnic table. Okay, Mom, answered Yo-yo, jumping up from where she'd been playing. With the tablecloth in place, Mr. Vargas set the camp stove at one end. Soon, Mrs. Vargas had a pot of soup cooking. On the table were sandwiches, potato chips, and juice. The kids could be along pretty soon, said Mr. Vargas. Chris's stomach always seems to know when it's time to eat. Minutes later, Chris and Maria came up the path to the yurt. Is it time for lunch? Chris asked. I'm starved. Did your stomach tell you what time it was? Yo-Yo asked with a giggle. Mrs. Vargas smiled. Yes, we're about ready. Go wash your hands. The Vargas family sat down at the picnic table. After a blessing, they dug into bowls of tasty soup and yummy sandwiches. Anybody want to go to the beach after lunch? Mr. Vargas asked. I heard there's an old lighthouse by the jetty. Cool, exclaimed Chris. Can we go in it? I'm not sure, answered Mr. Vargas. The lighthouse is abandoned. It hasn't been used for years. Sounds exciting, said Chris. I wonder if I can climb to the top. I don't know, son, replied Mr. Vargas. We'll have to see how sturdy and safe it is. Old buildings can be dangerous. Chris rolled his eyes at Maria, then muttered, Dad's trying to wreck my fun before it even starts. I can tell when something isn't safe. Maria didn't answer. Instead, she got up from the picnic table and helped clear things off and put the food away. As she and Chris were waiting for the rest of the family to get back from the restroom, a park ranger walked by. Maria suddenly remembered the questions she wanted to ask. Excuse me, Mr. Park Ranger, she called. Hello, said the park ranger. Can I help you? 
Yes, my brother and I had a question, actually several. I'll see if I have an answer, said the park ranger, smiling. We were exploring around and found an old graveyard out in the woods. Do you know anything about it? Maria asked. Sure do. You found the old Simpson graveyard, said the park ranger. The Simpson family settled in this area back in the early 1800s. They used to own all this land where the park is. Their family home was near the graveyard, but it burnt down many years ago. The site is now overgrown. But why isn't there a sign telling people where it is, asked Chris. There used to be, said the ranger, but we were having problems with people vandalizing the graveyard and leaving trash around, so we took the sign down. Oh, said Maria, that's too bad. She paused for a minute trying to decide if she should tell the ranger that someone was cleaning up one of the graves. She decided not to, so she asked, Do you know anything about Charles Perkins? Perkins, the ranger repeated as he scratched his head. Seems like the Perkins family had something to do with the old lighthouse. In fact, one of the... Let's go, hollered Mr. Vargas from the car. Thanks for your help, said Maria. We gotta go. I wonder what he was going to say when Dad called us, asked Chris as they headed toward the car. He was talking about the Perkins family. I don't know, said Maria. Maybe we can talk to him again. Is that the lighthouse, asked Yo-Yo as the car pulled into the beach parking area. It sure is, said Mr. Vargas. Wow, exclaimed Chris as he opened the car door. This is awesome. It looks like it's about 90 years old. The lighthouse was a small, dirty, white, rectangle-shaped building built on a stone foundation. A 40-foot round tower was attached to the left side of the building. On top of the tower was a roofed lookout area and walkway where the giant light used to be. Chris hurried up the steep cement steps into the old lighthouse. Maria and Yo-Yo followed. Inside it was damp and dirty. A cold wind blew through the openings where windows used to be. Old boards and trash were piled in one corner. But what caught Chris's eye was the old rusty spiral stairs going up to the light tower. Hey, Maria, he called. Look at this. There are stairs going to the top. And they look old and ready to break, said Maria. Oh, they'd probably hold us. We don't weigh that much, said Chris. I don't know, said Maria. It doesn't look very safe. It stinks in here, said Yo-Yo as she tugged on Maria's sleeve. Let's go to the beach. Chris, we're going back outside. Are you coming? asked Maria. In a minute, said Chris. I want to look around some more. Maybe I can find out more about that Perkins guy. Okay, said Maria, but don't do anything stupid. You know what Dad said. Yeah, right, muttered Chris after Maria and Yo-Yo left the lighthouse. You'd think I was still a baby. For a minute, he stood looking up into the dim lighthouse tower. It looked like the stairs spiraled up to the top to the walkway. I don't care what Dad says. I've just got to check this out, thought Chris. He looked quickly around the lighthouse. There was no one around. He could see Maria and Yo-Yo outside on the jetty watching a fishing boat come into port. Here's my chance, he said to himself. The first three steps were missing, so Chris grabbed the rusty railing to pull himself up. As he did, there was a clunking noise, and bits of rust fell off. Guess I'd better not stay on any of these steps too long, Chris thought. They might break off. About halfway up, several more stairs were missing, and Chris really stretched to make it across the gap. As he put all his weight down on the next step, he heard a noise. Then he felt the step give way. Frantically, Chris grabbed for the rusty railing just as the step broke off from the side. He was left with only a piece of metal just big enough for the toe of his shoe to rest on. Help! he yelled as he dangled from the rusty railing. Somebody help! 
but with the sound of the waves and wind, it seemed no one could hear him. Chris tried to grip the rusty metal tighter, but the weight of his body was pulling him down. He knew he couldn't hang on very much longer, and it was a long way down. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.